Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. I'm so, so grateful that you have found your way here and that you are enjoying listening to all these really quite remarkable women. Today, my conversation is with an oncological life coach, Carol Mishkin, and she has a really remarkable story of resilience overcoming tremendous odds in so many areas, including, you know, immigrating over from Venezuela at 56 and leaving everything behind to start over. She's a quite remarkable woman. And so we are having a discussion about what are the the thoughts and our words that we're telling the universe? And what if we could learn how to change our stories You know, we dig into gratitude to accept and embrace and make the best of it, whatever life challenges are. So hope you'll stay tuned. And if you haven't already subscribed, would you do that and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite part of this episode? And who do you know that could really benefit from hearing Carol's story and some of the other remarkable women? And if you're interested in in helping support lifting the vibration of our Mother Earth and being able to contribute to the cost of the podcast, I would love for you to go find us. Um, It's in the show notes of buying us a coffee. Thank you for your continued support. And I can't wait for you to meet Carol. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. This podcast is for you, the spiritual curious woman seeking inspiration, hope, and practical knowledge as you navigate a life transition and move forward with confidence in rebuilding a new and radiant life. Each week, you will be given an all-access pass into the lives of other soulful spiritual women who get real and vulnerable as they share their very own unique journey through transition. This podcast is here to provide engaging and heart-centered conversations that offer so much wisdom, ill-motivate you, and light up your worth. Hello, this is Debbie and this is Light Up Your Worth. I am so excited today to bring you today's guest. Her name is Carol Mishkin and she is a an amazing transformational coach who also um, is goes by the ontology coach is her type of coaching that she's doing in the, in her background. She's really also a skilled practitioner of NLP or PNL from Venezuela with parenting, yoga, laughter, a leader with meditation. And she has this amazing background of an amazing story. And I'm so excited for you to be here, Carol. Welcome. Thank you, Debbie. This is such an exciting experience for me. I'm so looking forward to move into this conversation and see how we can help, how we can share a little bit of stuff about our life and how it can serve others, maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you have such an incredible story. And I wanted to, uh, but start us out for on the type of coaching, because you and I were talking about it, about the ontology, because I was wanting to make sure that I got my pronunciation right. And so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is and how. Ontology is the study of the body, mind, and soul. It's a study of the self. And we're not just mind and we're not just body. We're body, mind, self, and the language we use to generate our world. So the ontologist, the coach, the ontologist coach intervenes in what type of an observer we are. Because everything that we see, everything we do is based on the way we see the world. And so where we intervene is on how you're looking at. Do you live in a friendly world? Do you live in a hostile world? Are things happening to you? Are things happening for you? Are you depressed? 
If you're depressed, everything is going to be depressed because we see the world through the lens of our inside. So as an ontological coach, we look at how you are seeing and being in the world. And through that, we challenge our beliefs, we challenge our stories, we challenge the way we're seeing things, and we transform. It's, it's a deep transformation because when you can really understand that it's the way you're looking at something and that you have an option to change, it's so clear to you. It's so clear how we are so responsible for our emotions and our actions. It's what we're thinking. Our biggest job is to conquer our thoughts and what we believe to be true and what we believe not to be true. And we cannot do anything if we do not believe. And if we do believe, we can do anything we believe in. So I truly believe that our power lies in the thoughts that we have and the stories we choose to believe. Oh, the big stories. Oh. And so the way our mm -hmm. mind is, Debbie, we, we know right now science has been telling us that our mind's job is to think. And our job as spiritually evolving people is to choose the thoughts we want to focus on. Because it, your mind is never going to stop. Those people say, oh, in meditation, it's to stop your mind. It's not. We're going to stop our mind when we're six feet under. Otherwise, <laughs> the job of the mind is to think. Our job is to choose the thoughts we're focusing on. So our science now tells us we have 60 to 70 thoughts a day. That means every seven seconds, we are producing another thought. And out of those thoughts, 95% are repetitive. The problem I had this morning, the problem I had two weeks ago, I keep thinking over and over. And 85% of those thoughts are negative, but they're just thoughts and they come from our unconscious. Our job is to come back to the present, get out of our head, and choose the thoughts that make us feel good. Because if I'm gonna keep on remembering the fight or remembering something I said wrong, it's not gonna make me feel good. If I keep re re repeating my fearful stories, it's not gonna make me feel good. Our brain believes everything we tell it, so I am going to choose thoughts everything's going to be okay, I'm going to be feeling good, and I tell my brain what I want it to believe, and then that's what it does. And over time with that repetitiveness, does it actually, it transforms those thoughts into new thought patterns? They repeat, they repeat, mm -hmm. they keep changing and changing. The great thing is that we now know because of the science of neuroplasticity, that all our thoughts can be reprogrammed and all our stories can be changed through repetition, through affirmations, through meditation. But scientifically, we know that 21 days of repeating a new behavior with a new thought, with entire belief, with our heart-based belief, it's true, we believe it, our neurons that fire together, wire together. That means our new thoughts for 21, this is science, in 21 days of thinking over a new thought, we change it. And then we need to spend 60 more days repeating it because like a habit has to be ingrained in our body. And in three months, we have new, new ways of being and new ways of seeing if we choose. Always the fact behind any change is our choice to do it. Nobody can force you. And we cannot change anybody else. We can only change ourselves and the way we look at others. So the choice, if we decide, you know, I remember reading something with uh, Marianne Williamson a long time ago, and I was in this, uh, in a transition period, it was kind of a little, you know, some challenges were happening. And I watched her in, um, in this video that I checked out from the library. 
and it was a movie, a VCR even. And so it kind of tells you how long ago it was. And I was watching it and it was saying that um, she was in this rough spot in the video and her, I think it was her mother who had asked her, you know, Marianne, when are you going to be happy? And her reply was, Marianne will be happy when Marianne decides to be happy. And it has always stuck with me because I remember thinking, um, nobody actually asked me those specific words, but then I remember thinking to myself, Debbie, are you choosing to be happy or are you just going to stay in this pain, this we're choosing all day long, Debbie. Mm -hmm. all day long, we are choosing, we are choosing our emotions, we are choosing how we want to respond to them. Happiness lives inside of us. We don't have to look for it anywhere. We just have to connect to it. And that's the big problem. People think I'll be happy when I have this job. I'll be happy when I have the partner. I'll be happy when I have the car and the million dollars. If money, if the richest people in the world were the happiest, then we can equate the two. But the 10 richest people of the world are not the 10 happiest people in the world. We can go around the world and find the happiness in the, 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 the least expensive places. Happiness we don't have to look for. We just have to be it. It's in us. Sitting in a garden with nothing to do and looking at the grass and looking at the trees and looking at the sky and being alive, that's enough reason to be happy. You know, think of us right now. We've got this privilege of talking and talking about happiness. Think of what's going on in Ukraine. And even Venezuela for that case, you know, mm -hmm. the world all over horrors are happening. We can choose to connect to all that and really be unhappy, or we can choose just to be in this moment. What are you not happy about? Are you alive? Are you well? Do you have shelter? Do you have food on your table? Then we have everything to be happy about, you know? And so I think that's a very big mistake of going out to look for the happiness. It's becoming the happiness. And we become the happiness when we're just grateful for being alive, for breathing, for not being in a bed sick, for not, you know, for having all our senses, for being able to see. I mean, just waking up in the morning and opening our eyes and being able to get out of bed, we should be happy and grateful. I love that becoming the happiness. Yeah, that's like a quotable meme, <laughs> Carol. <laughs> because the thing is, we it's we are the happiness. We are. There's nothing changes. Oh, I'm happy. No, we choose it. Our head chooses it because it attaches to a story. Oh, these shoes made me happy. Long do new shoes you happy? Once you wear them, they're not new anymore. Then you find another one that that one is going to make you happy. None of them will make you happy. Being where you are, who you are, what you do. We make ourselves happy with our thoughts and with our actions. And so the work I believe, Debbie, is all within. All our magical powers are within. I think, you know, we've been to the moon and we've been underwater and we've been all over but we're not, we don't go inside that much now. Now our world is talking about it. Now there's much more leaders. Now we're seeing some meditation in the school, but it's been for years that we've known that, how do we heal? How do we program? How do we create new ideas? It's closing our eyes. And the minute we close our eyes, we're already eliminating 80% of the distraction of our day. So I'm a big believer in the answers lie within. Close your eyes and you can connect. Mm. And close your eyes and connect to your breathing and quiet down. You know, it, we have all the answers. We don't need to look for them outside. We just need to trust a little bit more in ourselves. And as a coach, Debbie, the people that I've seen, I, I feel that in life, Self-esteem and forgiving are the two most essential things for us to be able to heal and move forward. And until that doesn't happen, 
We're stuck. We're stuck in repetitive stories. We're stuck in the past. And P.S. that 95% of the thoughts that I told you about before, they all come from our subconscious. They all come from our first seven years of life. So we are all day long reliving our seven years of life until we start facing them and healing them. Yeah, really, really powerful. It's, I, I've loved the direction of everybody actually acknowledging, right, with all of the science that's been building over the last, uh, gosh, 30, 40, 50 years of knowing that the answers all lie within us, that we have all the answers and getting quiet and that we're just reliving what you said, that whole, that first seven years. I know when we're in that theta brain, so much of what we are observing, whether it was positive or negative, it's all stored there in our body and our subconscious. And, and so, so, sorry. so how do you actually help um, how do you get to those subconscious with the work that you're doing? A hundred percent. I feel that there's two, two important. I, well, three, actually, I believe in meditation. A hundred percent. I, I am a meditator. I have been meditating for 45 years. I can, we can be on 10 more phone calls, Debbie, with all the miracles that have really happened in my life where I have doctors letters of miracles and I know them before they're going to happen. I just believe that when we're connected, we're connected to source and we're connected to energy. And that is going within. That comes from getting away from the humdrum of those repetitive thoughts that we hear all day long. So I work with meditation, with affirmations, and with through gratitude. I think those are energies that are just indispensable in our life. And when um, you just mentioned theta, so what we know is that the first seven years of life, we are like a computer that came out of a factory. And if I put in, I am fat, I am stupid, I am clumsy, that is what gets stored. So the child is all day long. We also have as children, we have something, I don't know if it's called mirror neurons in our brain in our heart and in our gut and mirror neurons do exactly what the word says they mirror everything they see so a child is not only listening what you say but looking at you all day long and every single thing that we say gets stored in a compartment and the way it gets stored is with an emotion so if my mom said, you're such a good girl, I'll remember that, but with the good feeling it gave me. But if she said, that was not nice, you shouldn't have done that, I am going to remember it. So we're all day long recalling memories and emotions because that's who we became. At seven years old, we are what we were taught by our parents, by our teachers, and by the way we interpreted all those experiences. And then we keep reaffirming everything until 21, it's time to open up that suitcase and say, I am not lazy. I can sing if I want to. I am not mean. All the things that our parents and people said, they follow us forever. So we can take them out, look at them, face them, but they are never ever forgotten because every single experience we have is stored in our body. The body never forgets. The mind can work on forgetting. The mind can do its forgiving, but forgetting does is a job of the body and the body never forgets. So that's why we carry it around. We're carrying around and me at 65, I'm carrying around that little girl and all day long she's with me and she'll get hurt when somebody says something and then I got to walk myself through it and say, wait a minute, that, you know, and then you talk to her, but we're all day with our past. And yeah. that's why it's complicated because we're, we're not in the moment. We're only 5% of our day in the moment. And it's in that moment where 
We don't feel any of our past hurts. So that's what's the practice. Be mindful because we're all day long shifting to the back, shifting to the past. You know, before we had talked two seconds about how it's also negative. All day long, we're repeating negative stories. Our mind is not saying to us, you're such a great singer, you're such a good girl. It's repeating the negative. And an example of that, Debbie, is, for example, I can say to you, oh, your hair looks gorgeous today, and you're, the color of your eyes is shining so much, and I love the color of your shirt, and your pants look really good, mm, but the shoes, they gotta go. I told you 10 good things, and your mind is gonna be, what's wrong with my shoes? What's wrong with my shoes? Because that's how we are. We have a beautiful day at work. We went out to lunch with a friend. Everything came, happens good, and we get home. Somebody crosses, crosses, cuts us off. We come home. What's the first thing we say? Ah, somebody just cut us off. We didn't talk about the good things. So we practice the negative. So we've got to come back into awareness. Be mindful what we say. Be mindful where our head is at because you're washing your head hands and you're in a fight with your brother of three years ago so it's really a job of being conscious yeah and it does take a lot of it does take really being intentional with your words to be able to um to catch it and i'm thinking about what what you had said about as as you're raised you know as you were being raised and if you get the affirmation that you were a good girl you have those feelings, but sometimes I have found, and I want to hear your opinion on this, is that um, that good girl was something that you did with like following some rule of putting somebody else before you and your own, some basic needs, right? Like, oh, what a good girl for doing this. And then um, we're rewarded and we can almost even get stuck in how we receive or what we received the valid, the validation or the good, um, good thoughts back to us. What are your, what do you I think, think about that? Too. And so many times are, we're, we're being told be a good girl. I, I know a particular coachy of mine had heard so much to be a good girl, good girl, that once somebody knocked on her door and she opened up and she was being a good girl. She was 21 years old and this person tried to rape her. So, and she attributes it to her mom always saying, be nice, be a good girl. So all our programs affect us all the time. And that's where self-awareness comes in, Debbie. That's where our personal work comes in. And thanks to the Silver Mind Control that I took in 1978, I have you know, going within and challenging my beliefs and challenging my actions and challenging my stories has been a crucial part of my life. And that's why I went into coaching because I also feel that it's our job. It's our job to know how we're responding, how we're, how we're making another person feel. I mean, we need to be aware. And the truth is the whole world is driving in a car lost in thought. We're not present. We're not present. We're in loss in our thoughts. As it says, we're 95% of our day lost in our past, lost in our fears, lost in habits. Our behaviors are habitual. Habits are behaviors that we repeat over and over and over that the body becomes the mind. We don't even have to think about it. So we're habits we're robots and how do we get out of that is literally quieting down and getting into our alpha theta stages which are the meditative stages why are they so important because they are the control panel to the change they are the buttons to reprogram all our beliefs that's where healing lies we can't heal with the same thoughts that made us sick. So we've got to go in, you know, like habits. A habit lives in our unconscious. So I can say, I'm not going to eat chocolate anymore. I'm saying it now in my awakened stage. 
comes nighttime, if there is a chocolate around, I'm going to eat it. Why? Because that habit doesn't live in my consciousness. It lives in my unconsciousness. So in order for me to change, I got to meditate. I like both um, visualization, creative meditation, where I can see myself. I can see a chocolate bar and a big X. I can see myself with my desired weight. I can hear people saying, wow, it's so great. You're not doing chocolate. You become that and you do that for 21 days. It's already a behavior. But our everything doesn't lie in our in our awake stage. It lies inside of us. So to heal it, we've got to do work. First, face it. And mm -hmm. then embrace it. And then heal it. Everybody has work. All of us have work. And we have daily work. Why? Because all day long, the child is following us all over. So we're an adult, but we're also a child. So we got to be all day long noticing, being aware. Oh, you know, I, I don't have to take that personally. She didn't mean it. You know, let's get over it. It's conscious reflection. And I think we lack a lot of reflection. So we need to become reflective beings. Mm -hmm. Now, you said there's like the three main ways of the work, right? Like we've talked about the meditation. And then you also mentioned affirmations. So what if you've never really heard of somebody tell you, right, Carol, what if nobody's ever told you, wow, you are beautiful. You're amazing. I love those earrings. You're so smart. You're so creative with coming up with solutions. So what happens, you see, we don't need anybody to tell it to us. We need to tell it to us and we need to believe it more than anything so it's in the belief our mind remember i said to you it was a computer so a computer doesn't distinguish a computer records what is our mind is that way forever so right now i can start let's say i get an illness which i have had many things debbie that have been healed like i was i was hospitalized for colli uh a diverticulitis attack and the doctor said I was going to have to have my um, colon removed and I said I'm not you know and I'm going to heal it I just said tell me what you need and he said well you need to bring down your blood your blood infection because I went in with almost a septicemia I did mind control the entire night meditation I saw little green men cleaning lights all over my colon I just saw everything the words of the doctor the next day they did a blood test it went from 16 to 11 and then the next day they had said I was gonna be 10 days in the hospital I was sent out by day three and the doctor's words because I said doctor I'm not listening to anything you're saying I will be out I will and I was telling him on the third day the doctor says so I just want to ask you what is it exactly that you did <laughs> so doctors don't like to believe it but we're we're healing machines. We have, you know, we have hormones and chemicals that are not even made in laboratories. We can heal everything and like that, we don't need time. There is no time. Time doesn't exist. In our healing, it's spontaneous. But not if I don't believe. Everything, everything in our life begins with the belief about it. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. It's Debbie. Do you love to read? I know I do. I've been reading since I was found in the closet, uh, probably before kindergarten, reading a book with the flashlight. Yeah, I was that child. I can remember as I was growing up during the summer, I would see how many books I could possibly read over the summer. I was always that girl. But somehow in the busyness of life and in going through education and momhood and career, I let books that just lit me up without a link to my own professional development just kind of get put on the side. And with all of the isolation that's occurred over the last two years, all the challenges we've had, I really had to come back and find that part of myself that would just love to dive into a really good book. So I have joined a book club 
and I'm with Brianna Brown with Badass Book Besties. She's amazing. You can find her on Insta on Badass Book Besties. Not only is she just this wonderful person, um, but she also shares the love of books and learning and her online book club is just so delightful. So, so, so delightful. I've been able to dive into books uh, that really bring me a lot of book, you know, a lot of uh, pleasure and enjoying them and being able to go to. We've been reading or we've read already the Elizabeth Gilbert City of Girls, the Immortalists by Chloe Benjamin. Um, we're reading a Timeless and she just makes it a lot of fun. So if you feel like joining us, feel free, let her know, let Brie know that you found her by me. Again, find her on Instagram on Badass Besties or her website, Brie Brown, which is B-R-I-B-E-E Brown.com. If I believe, there's a famous, famous saying, which I love a lot, Henry Ford, where he says, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, because it's what you think. So back to that question, that little girl that never heard, it doesn't matter. I start telling myself, I'm in perfect health. You're so beautiful. You're well. You can do anything. You, you know, you start and that. Remember, we need to practice mm-hmm. like every behavior. We've practiced not feeling good. We've practiced not doing all these things. So we just need to repeat, practice, and then our body will accompany us in the behavior. But yeah. we can, we can transform and we do. We're not, you know, when somebody says to me, oh, I am, the words that follow I am are the most important words that we say. But people forget, oh, I am this way. No, no, you're not a tree. You can move, you can change. So if you choose to change, you can change. We are not I am. We are the I am we choose to be. Yeah, that's really powerful. I had written down uh, some of the things from our one of our chats. And I had wrote down, thank you for opening all doors and all the wonderful things coming my way. I am enough. I love myself. I wrote it on, a, it's on a sticky. It's hard to see here uh, with the background. It's, uh, and I actually uh, posted it up, you know, I also posted here, I am so grateful for my job opportunities. That's right. That's And right. Uh, I've been repeating it because I sit here frequently and I repeat it over and over. And I really love uh, the gratitude of feeling into this. Thank you for opening all doors and all the wonderful things. That are happening to me. And that... Our world is energetic, right? And our thoughts and words are electrical energy. What does that mean? There are laboratories right now that if you put your finger into something electrical, we can light a 60 watt um, bulb. We're energy, okay? And so our thoughts are energy, our, our thoughts are electrical energy, and our words are electrical energy. And our emotions are magnetic energy. So they also affect, and we live in an electromagnetic world, which means our thoughts and our words are always co-creating with the energy of the world and our emotions are also co-creating. So it's not only I say the words, but then it's a ho-hum attitude. I say them and I believe them blindly with all of my heart. I become that reality i become that truth you feel so strong should it be you don't get that job i always believe that it's because the universe has something better for me and at least these three weeks i spent with this wonderful feeling of a good belief now it usually you know you usually get it but if it doesn't happen there are other things in this universe that are working out for us because I believe I live in a world where things happen for me, not to me. And I also believe I am an active co-creator of everything that is happening to me. 
wholeheartedly agree with that. I've, I've experienced, in, in fact, um, I know you have, and I'd really would, you know, I know we're talking and somebody might be listening and saying, wow, she's so positive. She's, she's so uplifting. She's probably had this really, you know, not a lot of struggles in her life. And so I, I would like for you to share, like, I think what's so remarkable is that not only the person that you are today, but how you've applied this and how it is, how it has transformed and kept your life through some pretty remarkable challenges, right? That could have been that direction of your life or not even be here. Yeah. So I would love for you to share some of that, Carol. You know what, Debbie, I just always, I have always been optimistic. And doesn't mean I haven't gotten sad and doesn't mean I haven't cried and doesn't mean I haven't had horrific things happen into my life and horrific stories. But I always, I have always been something that no matter what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to make it. I've just, I've been a fighter my whole life. And it's just, I think, part of my essence. I started in 1980. I married. On my honeymoon, I got meningoencephalitis and I almost died. I was 23 days in the hospital that year. 80 people died in California where I caught it. And I was a miracle. I had people pray. My sisters had people praying for me. I got better. The honeymoon was literally over after my hospitalization and after the honeymoon. I did get pregnant and I really more than anything wanted a a son in my life. And I was married to a Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And after a year and a half of this horrific monster that I was living with, I said, this isn't the life I want for my son. I mean, I don't want somebody saying I love you and then their actions were not coherent at all with their message. So I decided to separate. It was five years of a very fought, he he was not well, and he was a very fought and difficult relationship. But anyways, as I said, my son, I was the happiest mom in the world, and I was determined to make the best I could. I I was a teacher. I was a literature teacher. And then I went and I made, I was, all my professions, thank God, I've loved and I've done a lot of things in my life. I was a literature teacher. I love that. But after getting divorced, the salary wasn't the greatest. I made jewelry for a while and I was about to become, to, to dedicate and get a business out of it. And my dad said, why don't you come work in the textile factory? Never in my life had I known anything about numbers or anything. I went 13 years later, had had a wonderful experience there, learned about sales, learned about textile design, you know, loved it, was very, very, very good. The country started having a lot of turmoil and we had to start deciding if we wanted to leave or not, which took us almost 30 years. But anyways, from the textile, I remarried and I had another daughter. I remarried a wonderful, kind man. I'm still married. We're 31 years married. And um, and then I got an attack in my optic eye, in my left eye, and I lost vision in my left eye. And it and then a few years later, I got the same thing in my right eye, and I lost vision in the half of my right eye. And it was really difficult to continue going to the textiles and to drive. So I couldn't read. It was very difficult to read. I started making flower arrangements and I took an online, uh, at that time it was a mail course, one year mail course. So I took a, a flower course and got a great grade on my flower course and decided I'm going to open up a flower store right by my home. And I opened up a rose um, gift shop. It was magnificent. People would call it a museum and everything was made by us. And it was really a baby and I loved it. And it was wonderful. I, my husband opened two others of my same store. So it was a great business in Venezuela. We were, we were happy. And then 
my children, oh, my dad died. That was a very difficult thing. Then my son was going to college. That was a very difficult thing. Empty nest, leaving the country. And then when my daughter was going to college and this country was being taken over by this dictator and we had been 20 years fighting, I went into a depression. And the depression was very unusual for me because I was so optimistic. It's like, really? Carol's depressed? It was like scary for others that Carol was depressed because I was always the one that was the optimistic one. But I, it was the best gift life gave me because laying in a bed and not being able to get up and not understanding why and looking out the window and saying, okay, I have a beautiful home. I have a beautiful gallery. I have beautiful children. What, what's wrong? I couldn't get it. That took me to take the ontology coaching course, which was a two-year program. So we did the ontology on ourselves. We did the coaching on ourselves. And then we decided if we wanted to learn to become it. And it was such a gift for me because also my whole life I had studied about the mind. I had always gone to courses with all the teachers back then and I'm an avid reader. So this coaching was like, oh, now I have a way, now I have something skilled behind me of how I've always helped people. And at that moment, I turned my flower shop into a art gallery and my son who had been in the States was already, mom, you got to get out. You got to get out. Things are terrible. Things are terrible. I was living in my bubble. And then I said, no, he's right. I'm going to get out. And at 58, I emigrated. I left a country that I lived in my entire life, left my home, left everything. But my husband stayed there because we had to try to sell what we had. And I was figuring out how it was going to be in America. And if I tell you that I'm really blessed with the view I have. And when I walk from my window to my kitchen, if it's 30 times a day, 30 times a day, I look out the window and I say, thank you, God. I live and breathe gratitude. I live and breathe. And even in my worst moment, I'm saying, thank you, God. There's always somebody worse. There's always something to learn from every moment. And you know, when that that's your essence, that's who I am. doesn't mean I'm not sad. It doesn't mean bad things don't happen to me. It just means that I don't take them as the end of the world. And I know, I know for one, in one year from now, this is going to be another story. And I know for two, if anybody can do it, I can do it. And that's a belief I've always, always had. Wow. I mean, I, we had talked and I, you know, was familiar with your journey and it, it's just so remarkable that all the levels of overcoming and when, you know, when, when your, your family and friends were around, if Carol's depressed, we're really worried. It, I, I think it really shows too, how we're all connected and the influence that we can not only have on ourselves, but those around us by you know, giving you that opportunity to really learn something new, learn another way so that you can then help other, other souls looking, you know, I, um, so how do you help people now with, with your journey that you've experienced in this training? So, you know what, because I, the thing is, like I, I came, when I came to the United States, I've heard this word niche down, niche down, but my experience is truly, I've helped people of all ages. In Venezuela, the coaching was by word of mouth. So I had 10-year-olds that I really helped, and I had a 13-year-old who today is a coach, and I've had 70-year-olds and depressed. So I've worked with all types of people. I think one of my biggest, um, my best gifts is a really empathic ear. I can really hear what the person is saying and I can right away identify where they're stuck and what needs to change. What's their words that they're using, how they're describing their situation. And so, as I said, I've been for 45 years. One of the things I say about my horrible marriage was 
I don't regret one minute of anything in my life because that horrible marriage gave me the most wonderful son that I love and adore. And it gave me bookshelves of books. I mean, I, to get better, I read everything I could get my hands on. And all that has been a tool that I have to help others, you know. So you talk about Marion Williamson. She was one of my great teachers. You know, I've, I've read all of them. Now, today, there's so many new ones, it's hard to catch up. But all of the masters of the past, they were my teachers, you know. And I'm grateful for every moment of my journey. When I lost the vision, which I never recuperated, by the way, in my inner part of my eye, but I just said, I'm so grateful that I can see everything else. And our bodies have ways of adapting. So I've always been a person that tries to find the good out of something else. And that has been a, a, a gift in my life, you know, to be able to turn the worst thing around and find what's good about it. And back to the depression, I seem to attract a lot of depressed people in the coaching. So I to see turnarounds in depression is wonderful, you know, and it's by, by listening, by making the person aware of their inner dialogue, by changing their inner dialogue through affirmations, by telling new stories, by meditating and reading. I think reading is essential or listening to podcasts and YouTubes, but I think we need to spend part of our day educating ourselves every day. We're here to learn and we're here to give back. We're here to make this world at least a little better in some area than we, than we had it. Yeah. And I, um, I agree with that. And I know that when we work on ourselves and make ourselves better and uh, it just shines our light. And then that really exponentially goes out and just heals others and heals the word. And I know the science is behind that as well. And so being that avid reader, do you have a favorite book? I have so many favorite books, but I can tell you books that changed my life in the beginning. Deepak Chopra and all his books were my teachers. Quantum Healing in 1980 changed my life. And Louise Hayes and all of her work was where I got the affirmations from. And she also changed my life. And Wayne Dyer. So I have so many favorites. We're mm -hmm. talking four or five years. But I love um, Don Miguel Ruiz now. I find him very mm -hmm. And I love Eckhart Tolle. And I love Marion Williamson. I love Elizabeth Lesser. Joan Borchette. And go, there's so many, I could definitely send you a list oh. of them because I think they're masters and all have the message, but ultimately the message is we have the power. We have the power and we have the choice to be happy, to have a life of our dreams. And only we are stopping ourselves. We are our worst enemy and we can be our best friend. Yes. Yeah, we can be our best friend, making those choices and being supported as you learn new behaviors is so critical. I, you know, like we can learn, we can learn how to change and make those choices and having somebody there in a kind, loving, supportive way to be able to catch us when you, you know, you take two steps forward and a step back or help remind you why you're doing the work on some of the you know, if a new challenge comes, I think is really powerful. And it's a beautiful way to be of service, Carol. Thank you. It's an investment in yourself. Okay. Because the work is our work. Nobody else. We can't change the outside. We can change ourselves and we need to do our work daily. Cause remember, as we said before, that little girl, those mistakes are following us all the time. So we have to hush them down. And we have to believe in this new person that we want to evolve. It takes work and it's daily work, just like a little plant, just like a relationship. You got to water it every day. You got to water your soul. You got to be your best advocate. You got to believe in yourself. And guess what? There's moments you don't want to, and there's moments that all the monsters in your head are coming out, 
that's okay. That's part of it. Nothing, nobody said anything was going to be easy or hard. Those are just words. Because I look out my window right now and I see a bird flying and he surely makes it easy. So easy doesn't <laughs> exist. It's what we determine. So if we start telling ourselves, oh, it's really hard. I don't use the word hard. I love the word challenging. Everything is a challenge. Life is a challenge. And when we understand that, then we embrace all the challenges that we have. And then that one minute where, oh, seems everything's good. I'm going to enjoy this moment. And otherwise, it's back to the challenge because life is a challenge. Right. And I love the puppy showing. <laughs> we, we've talked, you know, I'm an avid uh, dog. I love dogs. I just think they're, I love animals, but dogs like, oh, such a dog girl. And so, you know, I always have mine here. Um, sometimes you can hear today she's completely asleep and nobody's come knocking at the door. So you can't hear, her. but uh, your, your sweet little puppy, you know, is now she just, barked. yeah, it's just a reminder of, you know, like we can be so grateful for, there's just so much to be grateful for and focusing on, you know, the, you know, the 10 things that we're grateful for versus the one mishap that happens. You know, that's the focus. That's the focus. Okay. So what are we going to choose to focus on? Shia. Mm -hmm. Shia. Shia. Because what we focus on grows. And so if, as we said before, when you ask that question, what if I didn't have all those stories? If I focus on not having them, I'm going to keep on not having them. But if I start believing them myself, my mom didn't tell me I was beautiful, then I'll tell myself, let's become our best advocates. And it's so easy for us to criticize ourselves. Well, let's do the opposite. You know, let's make ourselves feel good. Oh, I just dropped my glass of water on my couch. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, anyways, but, um, you know, so I just feel like one of the things I was going to say, oftentimes when people come into the coaching and then we have our first session and the next two weeks later, they come back. The first thing they say, you know, they come, they start telling you the bad things. We don't focus on the good. We want to, if all oh, this happened today, and they said, yeah, life is always happening every day. <laughs> We were painted the wrong story. We were told, oh, you get you get married and princess and happy ever after. No, 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 no. You wake up, today my dishwasher's bad. Okay, I'll resolve it. The next day, this. The world is always happening. There, it's not going to happen when we're six feet under. Meanwhile, this is our journey. Embrace every day as if it was your first and your last. Do the best you can. Make the most you can. And be happy because it's life is too short. We spend so much time in spaces that don't do us any good. Yes. I choose to be happy. Good. That's my, my, <laughs> I my, my choose to. You always choose. That's you always choose. Always. I choose to be happy. I choose to, uh, you know, to find amazing individuals like yourself, Carol, and share their light. And really uplift the consciousness of, of the world. You know, if I can really reach women who have not felt that uh, they haven't um, resonated with something, they're, they're struggling with their own self-worth or their, how they're showing up and they're looking for somebody to really help them. I want to be able to provide all of these you know, amazing people, amazing women and to do that. And I've made that choice, right? I've made the choice. And what I've noticed too, and, and what you're talking about is in simply making the choice, the universe, God, creator really starts to bring it to you and really believing, you know, when they're the days of, and, and I'm in a big transition with, and and in those days, I have remained like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about what's happening. Like what an opportunity that I have in front of me for what's, what's happening, what's coming to me. And so continually it's, 
it's what shows up. But absolutely. And what if you were saying, oh, what a bummer. And what the, we attract what we're thinking. So when we put out and what you're saying, this universe, the synchronicity that starts happening with you when you're in the flow, when your energy is aligned, things, magic starts happening. And so the same way we co-create the good, we co-create the bad. And it's in our thoughts. So our thoughts are always happening. We need to zone in on, I'm driving the car. Did I pass the McDonald's and I didn't even notice? Did I pass three other blocks and I didn't? Where was I? Back to the present. Back to the present. In the moment. Because it's those crazy thoughts that don't make us feel good also. And we don't even know. And then all of a sudden you remember, oh, I thought about that today. Well, that could have stirred the emotions to start happening. So it's a dance. Life is a dance. Mm -hmm. And we need to learn how to dance it. And there's ways to make it easier. And there's ways to make it harder for ourselves. But we always choose what we want to do. We always have a choice. Yes. Even when we don't. Even in a concentration camp, people had a choice to be happy. And, and so many were. So many did manage to dream big, you know, and, and get out of there alive. Yeah. Yeah, I think we had talked about um, Franklin, right? What's Franklin? Um, Frank Hell. Frank Hell. With that book, I think it should be required reading. As that's another favorite of mine, "Man in Search of Meaning." Absolutely, yeah. life-changing book. It is a life change. We actually, for our coaching, we needed. I had read it in college, but we had to read it for our coaching pro, pro, um, program as well. Yeah, because it's important to understand. It's not what is outside it's what we're creating inside that matters and only we control our thoughts it's the only area we can't control the weather we can't control so many political things and things that are happening in the world but we can always control control our thoughts and our thoughts determine what i think about is how i feel and how i feel is how i react so in order to change what I react, I have to change my thoughts. And that's where the work begins. Yeah, really, really powerful. So Carol, if somebody is interested in reaching out to you, how can they reach you? So I have a webpage. They can get me through the webpage. And my, my webpage is www.carolmishkin.com. And I have um, Instagram. My account is you always choose because I am a true believer that we're always choosing. And um, I also have a Facebook, Carol M. You always choose. And this year, my goal is to get some Zoom classes online. And I will be starting with one at the end of the month. And then I will be having a couple more during the year on healing, on forgiving, and basically on meditation. Because once we know how to con how to take over our inner selves, we become so much more powerful with ourselves. Right. It is. And I love that you brought up, you know, the forgiving, uh, you know, always being a believer that when we forgive others, doesn't mean you accept their behavior, but the be the forgiveness is really for ourselves and our own healing. Forgiveness is the most selfish act that there is because the only one that benefits is yourself. The other person does not even need to know. And what is forgiveness is letting go of a story line that is no longer happening. Because if it happened 15 years ago, if it happened one year ago, if I'm thinking about it, I am literally, remember, every thought that we have produces a chemical reaction. So every time I think it, I'm reliving it. I'm suffering. The other person doesn't even know I'm remembering the story. So forgiveness is for the self because we need to acknowledge that that event is no longer happening, so it should not be affecting me. Now, forget is another story. Forgive and forget are not the same thing and do not go hand in hand. 
forget, as we said before, is the job of the body. And the body will never forget. It can heal, it can deal. But we choose if we want to let that person back in our life with different conditions or if we don't want them back. The idea is don't, don't hang on to the story that is no longer happening. For example, I do a workshop and one of the exercises I do, Debbie, is I have the people, let's say, get a big bag of potatoes and I have them carry the bag of potatoes. And then I have them walk back and forth with the bag of potatoes. How does it weigh? It weighs a little bit. Walk a little bit more and walk a little bit more. It gets heavier and heavier. What happens if you had to carry that bag for one day? What happens if you had to carry it for one week? What happens if you carried it for a month, a year? It gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And that happens with all the stories that we don't forgive. We carry them. They affect our soul. They affect organs in our, our body because it's not a good thing. So what we do is we release the bag. This story is no longer happening. I take off the biggest weight. I may not want that person in my life anymore. That's my choice, but I don't have to relive over and over what's no longer happening it's been 20 years that i got divorced it's been 30 years and i'm gonna still remember who gets harmed the other person doesn't even know so forgiveness is an act of love to ourself it's the healing of our soul and it's essential to move forward if you i have found over the years essential qualities to move out of everything is self-love and forgiveness and that includes forgiving ourselves because we think we made a wrong choice because we think we did a wrong behavior gotta let go every day we have a chance to erase and begin again if there's something you don't like we can't do anything about it but we can begin a new thing and that's how we have to move forward. Our idea is to move forward, not to get stuck. Oh, that is just a beautiful way for us to wrap up, you know, moving forward, not carrying those sack of potatoes around. Right? I mean, absolutely. Because oh. it only hurts us. That other person doesn't even know you're carrying it. No, they don't. They have no idea. And, you know, just letting it go. I love that you're able to help people let it go, you know, because yeah. maybe they want to move forward, but they just don't know. They, they don't know how to change their behavior. You know that something isn't present and you're not sure what to do, how to step forward, how to move forward. They're making the choices, but now they need help to, you know, they need somebody to partner with. And so um, I love that you shared how people can reach you, Carol. And this is a great uh, way. I think what, with what we want to live, have people um, leave from our conversation is this choice, right? You, you always choose. You always choose. And you're there. If somebody wants to choose to move forward, to be happy, to learn forgiveness for themselves, for their own choices that they previously made, learn how to be more present and mindful. And, you know, you're, you're just this optimistic light of what happens when we really believe in ourselves, you know, when we shine our own light yeah. and just step into our words. So thank you, Carol, for being here with oh, me today. Thank, thank Such you. a pleasure. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. And I'm so grateful. And I will continue to listen to your fabulous pod. And we will be in touch again, I am sure. Yeah, thank you. As fascinating as this conversation is, we are going to pause for a moment and we'll be right back. As a soulful spiritual woman, are you looking to engage with other heart-centered women and really get to know each other, share your businesses, refer each other? 
Well, if you are one of these women like myself, I found it in an organization called Polka Dot Powerhouse. And I'm part of the Carson City, Nevada chapter. And they're located globally. So lots and lots of chapters. So if you're interested in learning more about this, I highly encourage you to go to polka.powerhouse.com and take a look at the chapters there. And if you're interested in joining, let them know that you heard about us through myself, Debbie McAllister, and this is Light Up Your Worth. I hope to see you there. Hi, Debbie here. Are you a lover of essential oils, crystals, energy healing work, channeled messages, positive affirmations? Well, do I have uh, something to share with you? My friend Nikki is the owner of Sage Essential Oils. She's on Instagram, sage underscore essential oils. I'll include that in the show notes. But I wanted to share with you that she does these amazing essential oil alchemy blends that have crystals and these amazing blends of essential oils called ground alchemy, calm alchemy, uplift, nurture, daydream. And they're all these really delicious and yummy blends. She also includes with each order a personal intuitive affirmation that's downloaded and channeled just for you and a beautiful postcard. So as a healer, she's a Reiki healer and she does ancestral healing sessions as well. And she's located in Australia. And so if you want to try these amazing things, I highly recommend them. I love them and I use them in my own life. So Again, her Instagram is sage underscore essential oils. Let her know that you heard about her here on Light Up Your Worth podcast. Be blessed. Isn't Carol remarkable? I mean, she just has this story that just really, really shows what resilience is. And in doing it so gracefully, and taking each of these challenging life experiences and making it a lesson and an opportunity to learn and grow and expand. Um, if you're interested in reaching out to Carol, I've posted in the show notes, but I wanted you to be able to find her on Facebook. And her group is called You Always Choose, C-H-O-O-S-E. She's also on Instagram under You Always Choose. And her website is Carol. C-A-R-O-L-M-I-S-H-K-I-N. Thank you again for being here. And I can't wait to bring on my next incredible guest. Thanks for being here with me. Sending your sunshine.